Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus the Twins. That's, that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. Welcome into the very first Sox on Tap postgame show of the 2021 season. It's Johnny Nani here with Tony Marchese, the same opening day crew from 2020. We're here to run it back, Tony, and unfortunately in the same tune. Yes, we are, Johnny. And before we do that, man, crack them, buddy. Tony, I couldn't wait. I had to crack mine before we got on. So, um, I see people coming in here, jumping in. Thank you for joining us here late night. I know it's 1234 a.m. here, Central Mm -hmm. Time in Chicago. So thank you to all of our listeners and followers that are tuning in right now. So, uh, yeah, winner died trying. Thanks for uh, joining. First time here. Uh, Love to see that kind of stuff. Um, Before we get into any of the game, obviously the White Sox drop a kind of a heartbreaker here, uh, 4-3 to the Angels on opening day. Uh, Before we do that, though, uh, we need to uh, mention our sponsor, Grandstand. Uh, So make sure you're going to Grandstand for all of your Chicago sports merchandising needs. Um, you know, they, they are our new partnership for this year. So uh, you can check them out on social media at Grandstand Socks. And then you can also um, find them uh, at GrandstandSocks.com. So uh, make sure you're going and checking them out and getting all of your White Sox gear and Chicago sports gear from them. And of course, Socks on Tap is presented by OnTap Sportsnet. Go to OnTapSportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Uh, and then you can follow us on Twitter at Socks on Tap and at OnTap Sportsnet. Um, so, Tony, man, this one's a heartbreaker. You're leading for most of the game, comes down to the wire here, and basically you piss it away. Uh, initial thoughts. Yeah, initial thoughts, Johnny. I mean, first off, I mean, it, it's great to be back. It's another season of uh, Socks on Tap post game shows. Um, I'm happy to be on the mic uh, with you, uh, breaking one down here. Um, but, you know, yeah, that was just not a great finish to what was kind of a promising start. I think you saw, uh, you know, shades of of Lucas Giolito that uh, you want to see uh, in in every single start that you get out of Giolito. Um, you saw some some good things out of Luis Robert. There was there's a lot that we're going to break down here, but definitely not the finish that you want um, for this White Sox team to start this year. Yeah, no, I would agree, Tony. I mean, it's uh, you know a little bit different tone than last year because there's a little bit of a different score discrepancy uh, in that opener last year. But here, um, a little bit different feel to it tonight because, like I mentioned, leading for most of the game, I think that's what's the most painful here. And we'll get into the whole breakdown of how uh, we got to that point. But uh, some of my initial thoughts here early on. Lucas Giolito, to me, looked like he was picking up where he left off in the wildcard series. Thoughts on that? Yeah, my thoughts on that one, man, what I've got written down here is that Lucas Giolito in the first inning especially just looked absolutely fucking disgusting. Um, You know, he had that kind of ace mentality coming out there uh, opening day, uh, really handled that first inning. Well, those first few innings actually overall, uh, Lucas Giolito's stuff was impressive. He was relying on that changeup, and it was getting the job done early on. Uh, he was the benefit, I think, Johnny, a little bit of 
uh, an expanded strike zone uh, tonight. And I think that that kind of played a factor in the game for, for both teams here. Uh, there was there was some some home plate umpire issues. I, I saw the robot tweets out tonight in full force. Uh, but, you know, uh, Giolito getting the job done early. And I mean, he walked off uh, the mound in the first inning like an absolute badass uh, ready to take names. So uh, really impressive stuff from Giolito tonight. Yeah, uh, I would agree, Tony. And then uh, I know we're going to get to some of the stuff that's going to break down and get us all hot and bothered here. Um, but. I do want to point out a positive, and that is Yohan Moncada, uh, two for three tonight. Um, you know, he's in the ball hard. And in that one, he placed down the line, uh, not, not the hardest hit ball, but still. I mean, I think everybody is. We just did our season preview show last night, and we had all projected Yohan Moncada to be the White Sox team MVP, in our opinion. So um, I, I like that. That was good. And then also my other thought is Luis Roberts just built in the lab, man. Rips that double, steals third base with an absolutely great jump, uh, and, and then scores on the pass ball. So um, I, I like what I saw from Luis Robert there. Maybe not his last at bat, but we'll get to that. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, I guess there, you know, this is where we get to the bad stuff, and that's why not challenge the Madrigal call at second when he's trying to steal in the seventh inning. Looked like he was clearly safe. Um, definitely the Tony LaRussa, uh, you know, kind of talk already coming out, uh, because of that decision not to, and then, um, obviously the eighth inning meltdown, that's, uh, what, what cost him the game. So, um, you know, as we break into this one, uh, like I mentioned, uh, open the scoring, uh, White Sox went up 2-0 with that, uh, Robert double stolen third and then, uh, scores on the pass ball there. So, uh, feeling pretty good early tone. Yeah, we were feeling pretty good early. And I like that you bring up the Yohan Moncada stuff right off the bat here. Um, you know, makes an impact early on in this game. Uh, you know, just just getting on base. And, um, you know, I think that we're we're definitely going to see a different Yohan Moncada than we did last year. Um, and the writing's on the wall here, man. Uh, pretty decent spring. Uh, you see him in this game today. Uh, you know, what did he finish? Uh, what was it? Two for four, two for three. Um, but, uh, you know, hard contact when, when Yon Moncada swings the bat, Johnny, and, and that's what you're looking for out of him. It's not fully on display yet. We're not going to see until we get more games under the belt here and maybe even a couple months in, but it, it just looks like the energy level is higher. Do you agree? Yeah. The energy level is, is absolutely higher for him. I think that that's, that's going to be uh, a thing to watch. I mean, even before, uh, you saw him uh, have that impact last year from from COVID nineteen. Uh, there were some questions about Yohan Moncada's game. There's been questions about his toughness. There's been questions about is he dogging it at certain points in time. Um, you know, he, he he is a guy that tends to come up lame uh, after a hard play ninety percent of the time. And and you know, people can can construe that whichever way they want to. Uh, but I think definitely with what you saw tonight, with what you've seen so far this spring. Uh, his intensity level is definitely up there uh, comparative to what you saw last year. Yeah, um, I would agree. So um, as we move through kind of the scoring significant events here, Tony, um, the in the top of the fourth, um, Yohan Moncada hits a one-out double down the left field line, the placement one, like I'd mentioned. Uh, Grandal walks after that, and then uh, Lurie grounds out, advances the runners, so you got two outs, and then uh, Luis Robert flies out in the first pitch. Unfortunately, we're probably going to be seeing a lot of this because he's so aggressive. Yeah, and I mean the the aggression is something that uh, you know we've talked about uh, with a number of players who've come here 
um, over the last few years. And, you know, there, there is something to be said about a hitter who's, who is being aggressive at the plate and you don't want to take that away from them. Uh, but again, this is, this is the type of result that you can expect uh, sometimes out of a, a player who's just, you know, trying to push it just a little bit too much. Yeah, uh, a good point there. So the White Sox don't score in the top of the fourth, and uh, the Angels would tie this one up in the bottom of the fourth. Um, it was uh, Trout with a two-out walk. Uh, Rendon walked following him, and then Upton hits an RBI single. So that's a 1-1 one, one tie. Not too concerned at this point. You knew one run probably wasn't going to get it done uh, at the end of the day anyway. So uh, as we move through then the top of the fifth, uh, Timmy hits a two-out single, and then who tabbed Adam Eaton? I put the tweet out literally probably about, five minutes before it happened, Tony, from Sox on Tap. Who tabbed Adam Eaton to have the first White Sox home run and a pull shot at that? Uh, you're, 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 you're calling for it there, buddy. I mean, mean? It, it's just Adam Eaton, you bring him back. I think we had some sort of meatball take about him doing some good shit this year at some point, but it, it's Adam Eaton. You have to love the response that you get out of White Sox Twitter after Adam Eaton is your first home run this season. You have to. You have to love it. Speaking of Twitter response, Tony, I loved, I need to shout out Brian Billick here because I did not see this before. Maybe it's been more widespread use tonight, but this is the first time I saw it personally, and it was hashtag we eaten. I love that. I do love that too. Uh, hashtag we eaten. I can get on board with that one. I can yeah. definitely get involved with that. So, one. The, the, you know, apologies if that was someone else that originated that, uh, but I saw it from Brian Billick first. So I want to, you know, uh, shout that out because uh, we were feeling good at this point. The White Sox up 3 uh, 0 in the top of the fifth. Mm-hmm. So um, as we go in, uh, the Angels would get one back in the bottom of that inning. Uh, Strassi, or excuse me, Stassi. Uh, one out solo shot, um, you know, Lucas Gilo just got lit up a little bit there. Um, but, you know, White Sox still have the lead at this point, uh, three to two. Um, and then Giolito would eventually go in the next inning uh, after getting one out in the six, uh, five in a third for him tonight. And Trout was coming up then and Hoyer came in. But as we uh, round out Lucas Giolito's night, I think it's important to talk about him. Five and one third, uh, two hits. Two runs, both of them earned. Uh, two walks, eight strikeouts, which is nice. The overhits on that, six and a half strikeouts, and uh, one home run allowed, obviously. So um, overall thoughts on Giolito's performance tonight. I mean, it's the only bet I won tonight, Johnny, uh, was the uh, Giolito strikeouts. Um, I, I think his his night was absolutely fucking impressive. Um, you don't like to see him get pulled so early. I think uh, we've talked about a lot on this show uh, the ability to shorten a game. Um, and we can go into the bullpen management here. Uh, I'm not exactly going to, you know, get too up in arms about, uh, about the fact that you go to Hoyer and bummer here, but, um, you know, you, you want to see Lucas Giolito go seven. I know he was upset that, uh, he didn't get through that inning. Uh, but overall, dude, Lucas Giolito, his stuff early on in this game was, was ace level. Like I said before, and, you know, uh, Dave Bennett, uh, love what I saw out of Giolito. I, I completely agree. Um, I think that his, you know, his just command over that changeup tonight, Johnny, was absolutely incredible. Uh, there were a couple instances where Rendon and uh, Trout kind of, you know, put a hurt on a ball that, that just tailed out a little bit into left. Um, so he was giving up some hard contact. I don't, I don't exactly like that. Uh, but you know, everything that, uh, that did get touched went fall and on the score sheet, none of those, uh, accounted for runs. So, 
Um, overall, solid performance out of Lucas Giolito. Uh, the only thing I can nitpick on is is maybe keep that pitch count a little bit lower. Uh, he did start reaching on a few different batters, Johnny, trying to get people to chase uh, things that were a little too far out of the zone. Uh, so I want to see that command just get a little bit better. And I think, you know, he, he should be completely fine uh, throughout the rest of this year if he can just clean a little bit up. Yeah. So uh, as we're talking about Julio here, I think you hit on a bunch of really good points. So no need for me to go and rehash those. Um, one specific moment that I loved uh, was when Trout, that what you just mentioned, Trout hit that long foul ball and he smoked it. He got way out in front of it, though, obviously pulled it foul. Uh, but then Lucas Julio comes back and wipes him out. Uh, and that was nasty. And I think that was a cool and tough moment of this game, Tony. It was Johnny, and and that's exactly what uh, you know. You want to see him come back to that pitch. Um, there was another at bat against, uh, I believe it was Trout later uh, on, w- which resulted in a walk where uh, Giolito was just completely outside the zone. Didn't want to give him anything to hit. I mean, granted, we're talking about Lucas Giolito facing one of the best hitters in baseball. Um, just an excellent matchup if you're a baseball fan overall. But uh, you still want to see Lucas Giolito. Uh, try and attack the zone a little bit more there um, and just have that confidence, man. Like good pitchers are going to get touched by Mike Trout. Um, and, 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 you know, a lot of this is situational, but you want to see Giolito with that confidence with the eyes he had in the first inning and his first at bat against Trout. I think there was a little bit different of a tone as the game went on and he started to lose a little bit of that confidence is, is what I noticed. Yeah, and you saw it in, in what happened right here and what we're going to get into there. So I think that wraps up Lucas Giolito's night here. Um, I have no concerns about him. I think he'll be fine going forward. And this is, this is the first game. Come on. Yep. Look at how he got into the groove. Fuck yeah. I mean, I know it was against the Pirates, but he threw a no-hitter after he got into you know a few starts after uh, the beginning of the season, and we got into that thing a little bit more. So, I mean, get, get to start four or five for Lucas Giolito, and I think you will see that seven, seven and a third wipeout shit, like 12, 13 Ks in that level. So I'm not concerned about Lucas Giolito. Let's move on to what happened right after that, Tony, because they brought in Cody Hoyer from the pen, and this is a little bit of a close call uh, in this six inning here. Uh, um, and that was with Trout coming up. Obviously, that is when they did decide to pull uh, Lucas Giolito. So Hoyer comes in, and um, in that situation, uh, Hoyer walked Trout, and then Rendon hit a single. So it looks like he's getting into a little bit of trouble here. And nah, shit, like as soon as you go to the bullpen, we're going to get touched up uh, for all that we've talked about, how great this bullpen is going to be uh, over the offseason. Uh, but no, he does get uh, upped into ground into a double play to Moncada. But I will say that ball was absolutely smoked. Uh, stat cast on that is 108.7 miles an hour off the bat at Moncada there. That play that Moncada made. I mean, that's just gold glove shit on opening day. Um, you know, you, that that's a big play in a game. And I thought at this moment uh, when that ball was hit, uh, you know, that's a scorcher down the line that could end up for extra bases. If uh, Moncada doesn't get a glove on that. Um, and then you're in a world of trouble right there. So the tone could have been set. Uh, Johnny, I was happy with that one. I had this one marked down as a defining moment uh, for a white Sox victory. Obviously we're not talking about that tonight, but uh had the Sox come out on top, this was this was a, a huge play in the game uh, that could have broke the uh, you know the rest of the game in the Sox favor uh, had they been able to hold on to this. Um, you know, it's not exactly what you want to see out of Cody Hoyer. Uh, I know you are a big Cody Hoyer guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to see him pump that gas and and get those strikeouts too. But um, overall, I mean, that inning ends up working out very well for Tony Larusa. 
uh, when it comes to pulling Giolito there and getting out of it uh, unscathed, really. But, um, you know, uh, that, that the bullpen stuff that you talked about just a second ago uh, with all the praise that they've gotten so far over the offseason for assembling this uh, did have some scary moments right away uh, for them because, you know, he did, he did have some trouble, um, you know, getting to that point and gets bailed out by Moncada. That's why your defense is there though. Um, man, that glove that just his, his ability uh, at the, at the hot corner is just top notch. And I don't think it's talked about enough. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I, I can't wait to see it uh, throughout the rest of the season. So that was a close call averted. Like you said, turning point potentially. It's just talking about a White Sox winner, but at the time being uh, that kept this thing uh, where it was uh, with a 3-2 White Sox lead. So uh, I think it's time to address the elephant in the room, Tony, and that we can go back and talk about some of the White Sox offense and missed opportunities after, but let's just get right into it and let's cut the bullshit and go right into the eighth inning uh, where the damage happened, where the White Sox ultimately lost the game. Um, I'll walk you through a series of events give me a reaction so um bummer is in in the bottom of the eighth uh fletcher infield single bounces off of bummer so can't really make a play at first there um then otani reaches on a fielder's choice and this is where a lot of criticism is probably going to come in uh goes to madrigal and he makes a wide throw to tim anderson that pulls him off the bag uh if you get that double play there man uh you're looking pretty i mean that's you know nobody on to two outs uh, in that inning right there, and you don't even get into the situation. What happens next? So uh, pass ball. The ball gets by Yasmani Grandal, a ball that he absolutely should have stopped. And you know me. I, I love Yasmani Grandal. I'll call him out there. Absolutely should have been stopped. Unacceptable. Got to figure that out. I mean, he had, you know, uh, we'll, go, we'll go to Dave Bennett's comment here. Uh, Madrigal and Grandal did this shit in the playoff game last year. If you guys remember, they needed to get that shit on lockdown. I agree. I agree 100%, Dave Bennett. Um, that was, you know, the Madrigal error uh, that opened that door uh, in the inning against Oakland that, uh, you know, uh, in the wild card series. So I uh, agree with that. And then there were multiple instances of, you know, kind of Grandal it seemed in crunch time. One time he was able to redeem himself with a uh, walk-off home run. And then another time uh, ended up in a loss at Pittsburgh, a walk-off loss there. So um, yeah, I agree that needs to be cleaned up. But as we go through the rest of these events here, after that ball gets by um, Fletcher advanced a third trout hits an RBI single uh, that ties this game at three, three, um, luckily Bummer was able to struck out, uh, excuse me, strike out Rendon after that. And then Upton walks, um, Bummer was kind of hosed on the first pitch of that at bat. Uh, but we'll let you get to that Tony. And then Pujols hits an RBI ground out. That's a game winning run here. Talk about game winning goals over at four feathers, game winning runs here, uh, game winning hits or, you know, RBIs here at uh Sox on tap. And unfortunately it's one for the angels here. Um, Bummer would come out after that foster in and he gets Iglesias to ground out that ended the inning, but damage is already done in that. Would be the tail of the tape for this game. White Sox go down one, two, three in the ninth, and that was it. So sound off. Eighth inning, Tony. I want to hear your rant. You know, Johnny, just hearing you talk about all of it just in succession is is painful reliving every single moment of that that horrific eighth inning. Um, and I think that we have to go back a little bit before any of that uh happens where Nick Magical steals uh second base and gets called out on the play. Um, and Tony LaRussa does not challenge uh, the call on the field. Um, his reasoning in the postgame show was that uh, he's only got 20 seconds to do that. By the time the, the relay message comes down to him, uh, it had been somewhere around 30 seconds, so he was unable to challenge. Um, if, if that's the case, number one, like 
you know, it, it is early on, but, you know, these are things that, uh, you know, the analytics department, who, whoever is watching uh, the game and relaying messages video to coach. Tony, video yeah, the coach. video coach, oh, uh, is, is it Duncan? to get better. Duncan's kid? I, I, you know, <laughs> you just gotta, you just gotta get that to Tony earlier. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not going to make excuses for him. You can clearly see Nick Magical, um, you know, out there uh, thinking that he's safe. Um, you know, there, there's replay within the stadium too. I don't know how that all went down, but it was definitely a, a momentum uh, shift in the game uh, with that with that out at second base and and Magical getting yeah. thrown out. Um, you know, obviously you could put some of that on Magical because you could say like, hey, you should be clearly safe instead of you know having it. Uh, you know, questionable, but you know, you get into the eighth inning um, and everything just breaks down. Everything just breaks down. And when, when things are going like that, I don't know about you, Johnny, man, like I felt like the air just suck completely out of the room with every pitch felt like, yes. It, and you know, the, the magical play right after getting called out at second, and he and then he throws the ball just a little bit wide to Anderson. You're just watching that, and you've got to kind of just like as as Dave Bennett just said, like we've seen this shit before. Um, so the story just starts to write itself here. Um, and if if I've got to pin this one on anybody, uh, Nick Madrigal did have a couple major plays in this one that just weren't up to snuff. I've, I've, there's been a lot on Twitter about whether or not he's he's as billed. Uh, as he was when we drafted him. Uh, there's a lot of question marks there. Uh, you know, the guy's got some injury, injury concerns that uh, have played a part in, in some of those things as well. Um, but, you know, we also do have to realize, and I'm not a Nick Madrigal guy by any means, Johnny. I think you know that. Um, the guy has not had a full season of baseball, of Major League Baseball, yeah. underneath his belt yet by any yeah. means. Uh, so there, there is going to be these... Uh, times where you see Nick Madrigal make these mistakes. There's going to be times where you see Zach Collins make these kind of mistakes. And and Zach Collins is another guy at the plate tonight in, in a couple of crucial spots uh, coming up with just, you know, almost automatic out type shit that you don't want to see out of your DH. So I'm going to go back to some stuff that I said uh, earlier on during the off season uh, for a team that has the aspirations that they do. Uh, when you have this many question marks on the field, um, you know, you can't really say the rebuild's over, Johnny, in my opinion, and until you don't have multiple question marks uh, from young guys in your lineup. So, you know, that's just something that, you know, we, we need to keep an eye on here. Um, you know, for, for a team that has World Series aspirations, you also have uh, quite a few guys that don't have a full season of Major League Baseball under their belt, and they're going to make mistakes like this, and they're going to cost you. And, um, you know, for, for as hyped up as we are about some of this shit, um, you know, like if it were a rebuild year, if this was 2018 and it's Yohan Moncada, it, it might fly, but right here, right now it doesn't. And, you know, every game, as we've talked about before, it does matter, uh, in the standings. And, uh, this is definitely one that you want to have. And I, 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 me personally, I think it's on the back of two young guys tonight. Um, uh, and, and Zach Collins just not getting it done in some situations and Nick Madrigal making some stupid mistakes. And that, that one does, that one does cost you. 
Yeah, uh, with Nick Madrigal, I just want to comment and preface this with I agree with your sentiment that, you know, it's not even a full season here. Obviously, a truncated uh, 60 game schedule last year, and then he missed the time with injury, too, so that they didn't even get him the full 60 game uh, in there. And then um, obviously we're in game one here in 2021. So I'm not, I want to preface this by saying I'm not giving up on Nick Madrigal. I don't hate the guy, um, but I think he tries a little too much and he tries so hard to be a gamer that it affects his play when it comes to crunch time. Do you agree with that? I could agree with that, Johnny. And and I'm, I'm not a magical fan either by any means. I thought that they should have went elsewhere with that pick. Um, but, you know, he, he is here now. He's your starting second baseman. Um, obviously, there is a pedigree there. Uh, but I've had my questions from the start. You know, this was a college shortstop that, you know, is a second baseman now. Um, and he was he was beat out, um, I believe, in his senior year or junior year uh, by an incoming freshman that was a better shortstop than him uh, in his college program. So you're talking about a guy that a lot of people expected to be you know, a, a top defensive type player, uh, just, you know, making some of these mistakes and, and that hurts. And I think some of that is exactly back to what you said. He's trying to do things um, that are just a little bit out of the realm of possibility um, from time to time, just trying to make that play to wind up on, on sports center, uh, so to speak, and not just, doing something defensively solid and sound uh, or take the safe play there. You know, honestly, I don't think you get that double play by any means, but you know, you at least have to get one out in that situation there. And the yeah. you have to get I one out. You have I to get it one wouldn't, out. Have, wouldn't have been ideal, but I could have lived with throw to first. I could have too. And I, I feel like I've been dancing around that. I, I could have lived with the throw to first at the time, Johnny, I, I will admit I would have been like, Jesus fucking Christ. Why couldn't we yeah, turn it? We can't turn play it. There? Yeah, yeah. Like, why can't we turn it? Now, we'd be talking about that right now. If the game ended up in the same result, yeah. I think we'd be saying like, why didn't Nick magical go for that double play right there? Um, but at the end of the day, a ground ball, to second base should result in an out no matter what. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. And it's just like, uh, I guess I'd, I just go back to the he's trying to be a gamer. And that's, you know, a highly competitive guy, a really, you know, hustle type of player. And he can show it in spurts because they're, you know, if you look at the average. I mean, hey, he's still going to hit well. I will, you know, say that. That's why I'm not like, you know, anti total like Nick Magical. I'm just, you know, skeptical. And I'm also along for the process, too, because I do understand that, you know, very, very limited time here. So it's not an excuse because you got to just make one out there. But um, I hope he learns from these sooner rather than later. I think that's my biggest takeaway from this whole uh, eighth inning kind of uh, meltdown here. Uh, and that was the kind of thing that kicked it off. And you would have been in a much better spot, you know, uh, if you had even just gotten one out there, obviously, ideally two, uh, but would have gotten one there. So, um, you know, in the ninth inning, too, then Tony, when the White Sox come up to the plate, um, uh, obviously not an ideal spot with my, you know, I'm wearing the jersey right now, Larry Garcia, but not the guy I'd want up there um, to lead off that inning. He strikes out. Luis Robert strikes out after him. And then Collins goes after the first pitch. So I agree with you there, too. At least see one more. Like, come on. Like, it was in the old catch-up rule in high school. I know it's not always applicable if you see your pitch and you want it, but, hey, the old catch-up rules, what, take till you get a strike? Yeah. I mean, when you're in that position in a ball game too, though, Johnny, like you're, you're down. So, I mean, there, there's also that there too. But, 
Um, that ninth that's inning. The catch up, that's what the catch up rule is for, though. Then you make the pitcher like throw like, a little more and see yeah, another one. And especially since the first you guys struck out like that. You no. Know. I'm just going to say that they shouldn't have even been down there. Yeah, that's the appropriate approach, but uh, we, we were already um, already sunk. That point. We were already yeah, sunk. Yeah, we were already sunk. I mean, you you could feel the momentum shift uh, right there in that eighth inning, and uh, I kind of lost you know personal hope for a comeback there. Um, but you know, you've already talked a little bit about the Lure Garcia thing, and I was going to ask you this because uh, I know you're just such a big uh, Garcia guy. Uh, there were times during this game where I was I was dangerously close to like tweeting out like this team misses Eloy Jimenez or Eloy Jimenez would be well, up in this situation I mean, or whatever. And you don't know what the lineup would have been with him in there. I tell you fine. the grass is green as well. Yeah, me. I mean, response. That, that's that's the same thing. But, you know, you know me. I'm just trying to elicit yeah. a response. Like, yeah, you know, I tweeted some some stupid shit about uh, Aaron Bummer. Bummer tonight and <laughs> You know, I, I was able to draw Jordan Lazowski and, and B Son from uh, Sox on 35th. Great guys. Uh, I was able to draw them in again. I'm making a, a an opening day tradition out of trying to piss them off because I think I got them uh, last year, Johnny. We were in the garage together for for yeah. last year's opening day uh, after Giolito gave up the uh, the first pitch home run. Yeah, I tweeted something out about like Giolito uh, not looking great this year or whatever. I got Jordan and B Son in the replies. Uh, I got them both again tonight. So. Uh, that one was good. Uh, yeah, and then it's a win for me. Win yeah, for Tony but, on tap right there. Yeah, just that, trying that, to get Jordan a little hot and bothered. That's your form of it, and I love it. I can't wait and just see through the years, and maybe we can compile them. Obviously, since this is year two of you doing that, um, and we can kind of like list them and see, you know, what the response was and what the take was about, um, and go back and laugh about it. You know, hopefully couple of years down the road when we're celebrating yeah. multiple world series championships and we can laugh yeah, about it'll be all these fun. instances about the journey along the way my one was the poll and steve's uh you know the reply to steve's tweet today and that's uh which is worth worse um trubisky truthers or magical truthers because i love that you know you kind of get like the same like ilk there and it just elicits a response anybody who like saw that and took any sort of like attack to that it's first of all to elicit a response and then second of all I'm not giving up on Nick Madrigal. Like that's not like the, I don't hate him, but I'm also going to call him out when things like that happen and maybe just tone it down a little bit. Like yeah. trying to be so hard to be a gamer and, you know, take can, it a step back and make the routine just, play. Can we just lay out a rule of thumb here? Uh, if you're, if you're listening to this um, and, and you're new to socks on tap, first off, thank you for being here. Uh, but secondly, if you follow us on Twitter, like 90% of the time we're, we're very serious, but there, there is a 10% of the time, which is a hundred percent of the time for NWI Steve, who you'll, you'll hear on this show tomorrow night uh, for the post game show. I believe he's with you, Johnny. He's uh, with Buzz tomorrow night. Or he's with Buzz tomorrow night. Uh, so uh, Buzz and Steve will be on tomorrow. Uh, but if you know, Steve NWI Steve at NWI underscore Steve also goes by Southside clown show. Um, if you follow him during spring training, like a hundred percent of his tweets were basically sarcastic, but yes, yes, we do. We do make jokes. We do make jokes. Sometimes we will, we will slip some things out there uh, just to elicit a response on Twitter. Uh, and they get taken a little bit too literally. Um, and we like to see those replies because, you know, as I said uh, in the thread tonight, like if you don't know stress as a white Sox fan, um, this is the first White Sox game you've been you, you've ever watched. Um, it, 
we're all stressed out about some things. There's some really hot points that you can hit and some 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 really hot buttons that you can press uh, in White Sox Twitter. And it's just fun sometimes to uh, to see that response. Johnny, what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, it absolutely is. And it, it's good because it uh, generates banter then. And that's, you know, uh, things to talk about on here, things to write about or things to uh, just go back and forth uh, with other fans about and get their takes uh, about things because it can lead to conversations about uh, both the performance on the field, your fandom in general, um, who you like, who you don't and why. So I like that too, Tony. Um, let's kind of get uh, our final thoughts from this game here, uh, from uh, tonight's game. Obviously, you know, sucks to lose. I hate losing, but I'm also not pressing the panic button because, um, you know, the, the, the talent is there. And I think the White Sox are going to come out and win a game tomorrow and everybody will be feeling great, to be honest with you, because that's how we go, kind of go on a roller coaster. If you're not on a roller coaster while you're watching a sports team or following a team through a season johnny what are you doing it's got to be fun you got to have your ups you got to have your downs um i'm not pissed with this loss i could be i could be because granted johnny if you have a loss like this in september i think our tone's going to be a little bit different absolutely i think our tone's going to be a little bit different and and while i do believe that every game matters last year a loss like this on opening day would elicit a much stronger response. But mm-hmm. you did see some really good things tonight. You saw Luis Robert uh, basically generate a run on his own. You saw Lucas Giolito uh, be able to get through uh, that first part of the game looking like an absolute stud. Um, you saw Yohan Moncada uh, start off what I think is going to be an MVP year uh, caliber type season for him. Um, you know, just hitting the ball hard, playing, uh, playing some excellent defense. There's a lot of positives to take away from this one. You never made it to your closer or some of the was just uh, what say I would that. call top tier uh, shutdown options. Uh, I think if you bring in like a Garrett Crochet into this game or a Michael Kopech, uh, Liam Hendricks, uh, if you get to that point because you still held on to the lead this one was going to be a little bit different. This was definitely a winnable game for the White Sox. Am I pissed off that we lost? Absolutely, Johnny. I'm pissed off because this was this was absolutely winnable. Uh, but at the same time, man, like the plan was there. It, it escaped them. I think Cody Hoyer was a little bit off, uh, and, and Nick Madrigal made some mistakes. Gondal made some mistakes. You're going to have mistakes over the course of a full baseball season. Uh, they came early tonight, and – Sox weren't able to hold on to it. It's game one. Let's not make it a pattern. That's my my only thought. Let's not make this type of thing a pattern. And I yep. think Tony Larusa is just the type of guy who can go back to the clubhouse, dissect what happened, and you know spread that type of knowledge and uh, you know get the buy in to avoid this from becoming a pattern. Yep. No, I agree with you. And then also just a couple of points that you never got to a point of like offense rolling. So first of all, it's going to take a little bit. Um, that's going to, you know, take some for the bats to get going against, uh, you know, in real time shit that matters. Uh, I think it goes for any team. It's not just the white Sox. Um, any team can have that, but you only had, you know, you were over two runners in scoring positions. So there's my opportunistic sort of thing there, but you're going to have more of those opportunities as you get rolling a little bit more uh, as the lineup starts to generate some momentum uh, going forward. So I'm with you, not calling this the end of the world, uh, anything like that. Um, 
sucks to lose always always does winner die trying that's the, the the you know grinder rule well grinder rule that we'll bring out uh, plenty of times here on the show but uh, i'm with you and i think we can put this one to rest uh it sucks we know which mistakes were made uh we know who made them and uh need to clean that up and let's uh get into the next game preview so um it's right back at it against these angels uh weird start times tony 8 38 p.m central time start so uh it'll be on nbc sports chicago tomorrow night it'll be andrew haney a lefty for the the Angels used four and three, four, four, six ERA last year. And uh, Dallas Keuchel uh, is a fear of the beard time, Tony, for the White Sox. And he was excellent last year for the Sox. Six and two, one, nine, nine ERA uh, over that 2020 shortened campaign. So what are we expecting from tomorrow's game? I want to see Dallas Keuchel just absolutely command this team. And, you know, obviously this Angels lineup is dangerous. You've got uh, Sohei Otani. Uh, Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon in the middle of this lineup. And uh, that doesn't do any pitcher any favors. But if uh, Dallas Keuchel can come out here, throw, you know, five, six solid innings, the White Sox offense can can pick him up early uh, and give him a little bit of a lead to play with. I want to see that plan uh, that almost became, uh, you know, what we saw tonight where you can go to that bullpen and uh, shorten the game a little bit here. I, that's what I want to see. I want to see the, the I want to see the A guys in the bullpen tomorrow night uh, close this one down. I think that's going to be your key to the game. Is you get that A team out in the bullpen, pitch with the lead, game over. Uh, and I think that that's just the recipe for success for the White Sox this year. Uh, come, your starting pitcher should be coming out of the game with the lead, and the bullpen should be able to shut it down. And uh, yeah, I, obviously we didn't see that tonight, but I, I definitely think Johnny, we're going to see that more often than not this year. Yeah, so my key to the game is going to be offense and getting the offense going early. You had mentioned that as well, but I think it is pertinent because not putting stock into spring training, the Steve uh, joke style uh, that he has been doing uh, all throughout the end of February through the month of March uh, up until opening day here. Um, But the offense needs to get going because Dallas Keuchel was a little bit behind all of these other guys when you're talking about starting pitchers and getting going through spring training. So um, not saying that Dallas Keuchel is going to have a bad outing by any means, but you can help him out uh, by supporting him with runs early. So uh, getting the offense going early, getting the sticks going, you got a lefty on there. So that'll mean Andrew Vaughn, Tony Lewis already told us that even before tonight, um, it was yesterday that he told us that Andrew Vaughn will be in the lineup DHing on Friday night. So um, you will see that. Get your first look at him in the show. It'll be interesting to see what he does. But either way, other guys. I mean, you talk about uh, Jose Abreu. Um, he, he did have one hit tonight. It was the first White Sox hit, but he struck out twice. Um, that's not mvp shit. And as soon as he gets back to his mvp shit, I think this whole thing can kind of go. Uh, be a little bit more catalyst. And you talk about catalyst, Tim Anderson at the top too. Yes, he had one hit as well tonight, also struck out twice. Um, but, you know, think about a guy like him getting going, and uh, that's the straw that stirs the drink, as NWI Steve likes to say. So offense, huge. Um, that's going to be my key for tomorrow's game. Pick the click. Go for it. Pick the click, Tim Anderson, right off the bat there, Johnny. I think that you spelled it out nicely, and that's the one thing that I wanted to say, man, is the White Sox offense has so many different options uh, just within this arsenal. Uh, If you get two or three out of these guys hot, you're going to see some great things. You already saw Luis Robert kind of take control of an entire inning. Um, It's just so dangerous over and over again. Um, you know, Tim Anderson is the same type of player who can take over an inning. So is Yohan Mancata. Uh, you've got you've got so many weapons 
let's get a few of them hot early, Johnny, and things can be really, really good for this team. Yeah, so uh, obviously our switch hitters will be turned around um, because of a lefty on the mound in Haney tomorrow night. So uh, I'm going to go with the righty and the guy that I just mentioned, your MVP, Jose Abreu. Uh, Steve picked in the night, said he's going to take Bill, Dylan Bundy deep. Um, let's hope that is the case tomorrow night. Um, on, excuse me, Friday night. We're already in Friday here at uh, 1.13 a.m. on uh, you know early hours, scary hours, as I would call them, Tony. So Scary um, hours. Yeah, we're, we're in scary hours right now, but I'll go with uh, Jose Abreu. I like that. Uh, the Tim Anderson pick from you at the top. Those two get rolling. I think we should be talking about a White Sox winner as long as you get just uh, sufficient from Dallas Keuchel. You don't need outstanding. I think you can get sufficient as long as the offense goes. Yes. That is the contingent key. Um, that's our final preview for uh, Friday night's game. Once again, uh, 8.38 p.m. Central Time start. So uh, get your beers in you. Use hashtag crack them, tag at Socks on Tap. Post a picture of you watching the game, drinking a beer. If you have an on-tap koozie, use it, whatever. Whatever you got, show us it. We want to be with you. Uh, you know, says we can't be together, obviously, uh, at a bar or anything right now. Well, we could, but, you know, we don't have a meetup planned or anything like that. So uh, we want to see. Do, the, it, uh, do it on social media. Koozie. Everybody together, we'll crack them together. And uh, so that means if we win, we'll be having victory beers like we do on Four Feathers, Tony. Uh, and if we lose, we'll just be drowning our sorrows uh, once again. Actually, NWI Steve and uh, Buzz will be on here drowning their sorrows if that's the case. So um, I've blown enough hot air for tonight. I think it's almost time to get out of here. But once again, this episode was presented by Grandstand. Uh, make sure you're going to grandstandsocks.com and following them at grandstand underscore socks on social media. Uh, you can see all their posts. They have so much dope white socks gear, uh, stuff that you probably would not even imagine uh, is available. I saw throwback 1932 logo hats. It's really cool stuff. So go and check out grandstand. They are partners with socks on tap for the 2021 season. So we thank everybody for tuning in all the uh, night owls who stayed up late and, and talked with us here chatted. Uh, we always appreciate you. So thank you for doing that. And uh, Steve and buzz will be back to run this thing back tomorrow night. So Tony final words, and then let's get the hell out of here. Final words, man. It's great to be back doing socks on tap post games, Johnny. Happy opening day. Um, I guess it's past opening day now, but uh, opening day, make it a national holiday next year, please. I'm going to say that every year until it happens. But, um, you know, I'm pretty happy that we got to uh, get back here, talk White Sox baseball, drink some beers, uh, do this show uh, despite the outcome. Um, we'll be back at this all season. Uh, we might not be live every night, uh, but you can find us wherever you can find podcasts at, at socks on tap, uh, doing this post game shows, um, and some extended shows with guests, uh, some other shows where we just break down general white Sox topics, uh, throughout the season. Uh, Johnny, I think it's going to be a fun year. Uh, we're going to have all these post game shows too, man. Uh, so just, we normally do a shout out. So shout out to everybody who tunes into this. Uh, I don't know if you have one, but yeah, uh, I, this is going to be a great year. Yeah, it is going to be a fun year, Tony. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, my shout out since you asked is Scott Garcia. Um, I love that. You know, he's a Southern California boy himself. So uh, he was out there. He was at the game tonight. I saw him walking towards the stadium. Uh, he had his kid in, in the stroller. It was awesome. Bumping my ballpark mix, which is just so cool to see. Uh, I love seeing stuff like that when that can reach White Sox fans all over the place, not just, you know, right here, who I've sent it to in Chicagoland. It's no, put it out there. And people that are White Sox fans in Southern California, 
California are bumping it and they're there uh, in attendance for the White Sox first game of the season. So, uh, yeah, go and check my pin tweet too at Nani Johnny uh, pin tweet. You can get a full mix, uh, ballpark mix. It has White Sox sound bites with a bunch of uh, tailgate pop up songs. So that'll get you jacked up, uh, get you uh, nice and riled up, liquored up for Diamond Dallas Keuchel Day tomorrow on Friday. Tony, that's all. Let's close it out. Three magic words. White Sox forever, Johnny. White Sox forever.